Um, let's welcome my friend from the north, Adam Hosker from Apprentice Series 3. Let's see if I can uh, get him in. He's on his way. Hello. Hey, how are you doing? Hey, it's my son from the north. <laughs> How's it going? Yeah, the uh, the locks down north. <laughs> Lockdown north. Don't I know it well? Liverpool's had it too. So, um, but yeah, it's nice to nice to meet you. I remember texting you, not texting you, tweeting you a few years ago, and I think you were surprised that somebody remembered who you were. <laughs> I think that's pretty much your words. Um, <laughs> So we're gonna chat about chat about The Apprentice today. Have been um, absolutely caning it. Um, I got a little bit behind on watching videos, so I think I watched about four episodes yesterday. So um, <laughs> just watched the um, the ninety seven p victory today. That was but, interesting. But yeah, we'll go we'll, we'll go we'll go over that. Um, but yeah, so just go right in, I suppose. Um, so guess uh, want to know. What led you to applying for the show? Like, what what did you think you you know was what, what it was going to be like and that sort of thing? Like, yeah, I think I think it was two things actually. I think the first one was I was a fan of the the first two seasons. Yeah. Um, and the second thing was probably because I really thought that it appeared to be an opportunity for people that hadn't been to um, expensive private schools and got lots of like family connections into big businesses to be able to go to London and get, get a job on, on, a, on a decent salary and um, be just be given that, that opportunity to, to sort of really be out there with, in, in a place that being a, a lad from a working class background and, and sort of being from a little town like Blackburn um, didn't really seem that realistic previously and I just thought it was kind of worth, it, worth having a crack at. That and I was pretty cocky back then, and I thought I was as good as people that were on the previous seasons. <laughs> and I think, like, um, watching the first few series, like, I could do that. Like, you know, that yeah. I wouldn't make that decision. Do, were you sort of looking at it like that, like, a little bit? Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, I think just kind of watching it back, it was just, like, something I felt like I could probably do. Yeah. So um, what did you do before, And um, you know, we um, saw you? I know we know a little bit from... A Katie Hopkins quote, but something about Fiat Puntos. Um, yeah, but yeah. Yeah, <laughs> so, sold, sold cars. yeah so I, at the time when I went on it, I was managing a, a Renault dealership in Preston. Um, so when I was at university, instead of getting a job in a bar, a restaurant, or one of the large supermarkets, I, I managed to persuade a, a car dealership to let me have a job selling cars one summer. Did really well. Yeah. Um, and then carried that through. So I ended up working full-time selling cars while I was at university full-time. Yeah. Um, and then obviously kind of impressed them with the fact that I could get a degree and I've been working 60 hours a week as well. Wow. Um, so they offered me a management role once I finished my degree to, to keep hold of me. Great. Um, so what was the process itself like in terms of the the application did you have to have like a million and one auditions like how, how did that yeah it was right? huge and I, I believe it's still fairly similar these days so there was over over the course of four separate days there were probably about 11 different stages to go through so yeah. the first day we went along um i think there was different sort of regional heats um and we went along and did i think it was four interviews with different people different producers 
um, and then a piece to camera and a group interview as well. So that was quite in depth. And then there were further um, interviews, which were then more centralized in London. There were a number of different interviews, so group tasks. I met Trey Azam on my first one of those, and me and Trey kind of <laughs> half hit it off, half argued. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I think that, that, that dynamic probably, I think they probably expected more of that on the show, but we just ended up being like best mates, really. Um, and then we, 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 it even went in depth with, obviously, due diligence and that kind of thing with, with the BBC. We then had to go and have an interview with um, a psychologist to make sure that under the, those sorts of stressful circumstances that there wasn't something that would cause any harm, that kind of thing. So. I was pleased to get through that. <laughs> in the um, group interviews, what did you do in the group interview? Um, uh, one of them was building an IKEA wardrobe. Um, right. Like 10 people, honestly, too many cooks does spoil the broth, let me tell you. 10 people building an IKEA wardrobe is harder than one person building an IKEA wardrobe. I built plenty of them. Gosh. That, that, furniture <laughs> is, that furniture is my absolute nightmare. Um, and when you, when you get other people involved, you know, you'll have one that will want to read the instructions for ages and you'll have one person that will just want to go straight into it. So was it like a, a mix of that? Like, and they were, were they kind of observing your behaviour and your teamwork? And, and yeah, like I've no idea, yeah, I've no idea how it was marked. Um, I presume it's some a combination of teamwork, um, leadership and ability to have an argument based on, on what we've seen from shows in previous years. Yeah. I read um, somewhere, I can't remember where that, as part of the interview process, you had to interview Trey and you fired him, is that right? Had to interview what, sorry? Trey, as part of the interview process. I read that somewhere, I don't know how true that is. Um, yeah, yeah. So, no, there was, there was a group task where me and Trey fell out monumentally. Um, oh. So, yeah, no, so we had really differing views about what to do with a, a business in Blackpool. That was the, the, the task that they gave us, was to like right. start a, um, a restaurant in Blackpool. So we, we kind of fell out of what the, the idea was. But yeah, I won. <laughs> um, so my, I, was, uh, I hadn't seen the, this series uh, since, um, gosh, it was on. Um, so I found the episodes online and I, I, I couldn't really, I honestly couldn't remember most of the results, couldn't remember most of the contestants. Yeah, you, so I kind of not me finding any of the episodes. I, th I thought they, I thought somebody had managed to delete them all. I, I don't think, um, I don't think YouTube was even a thing back then. It's that long ago. No, there was, yeah, we'll talk about that later. There was no YouTube, no social media, nothing, nothing like that. Um, but <laughs> yeah, I did, did manage to find them. And I was in the first, um, you know, segment, um, before it got to the task of sort of you know, um, trying to, you know, give my opinions on the different contestants. I really can't remember. Obviously, I knew that Simon won. Um, mm. But I kind of thought about Simon. He's a kind of an unusual guy. So obviously, he's one to watch. Obviously, he ended up winning the thing. Trey, um, I thought, like, he could be hard to lead. Um, and, you know, may, you know, maybe he'll be, you know, working some mind games or something like that. Nothing personal against the guy, but he seems that kind of guy. He wants and he'll do anything to get it kind of guy. Yeah. Um, which is fair. And I thought... Lohit was quiet. Yeah, he was. Lohit's incredibly successful these days. Lohit works for one of the major global banks yeah. in a really senior position. He was um, very quiet but incredibly intelligent and incredibly yes. well well thought through in his in his um, decision making process. Yeah, I kind of thought Adam, he could be good. He could be good. But obviously, <laughs> again, I knew, I knew I knew what had happened. Um, Paul Callahan, I thought. Posh guy, um, don't know if he'd, he'd gel with Lord Sugar very well. Um, it seemed like a completely different 
people from different worlds, um, but who knows? Rory, I thought all I wrote was posh guy. Um, <laughs> Ifty, I thought I liked him. Um, I really liked Ifty in the first episode. I thought he could be, he could be, he could work out. Something could happen. Like, um, and then Andy, I just thought he's a nice guy and he's going to get eaten alive. Yeah, he did. <laughs> he did. Literally. So I remember. Um, I have not, I have not laughed so much at an, an initial task, and purely it's because Trey got caught out um, with his, yeah. with, with Certis, you know, the, the company that he worked with. So I thought that was hilarious. Um, but I thought, I thought that doing doing something like that would cause you to get fired or something. But I guess they wanted to to keep him around, you know, for for a little bit. He made good CV, didn't he? He oh, he he certainly did. I mean, he. he We'll talk about it later, but you cracked me up during the art task. But <laughs> you know, um, but then um, you and you and um, Andy went outside to have a conversation. So it was all, I think it was all set going back in um, that you were going to be the PM. And then they're having this sort of like side sort of discussion inside, and they pick Andy as the PM. Do you think like that's because they could see that they could easily just like you know get rid of him? Like you know, it smelled blood. Yeah, was that yeah. pretty much what it, it was? Pack animals smelling blood. Yeah, so yeah, he was. Yeah, it was. It was a shame. He was a nice guy, but yeah, it's not um, not a place for nice guys, is it? Unfortunately, no, definitely not. So you had a little surprise. Lord Sugar looked like he was walking away, and then then he, then he comes back and says, "Oh, so Jadine over here." So you ended up getting Jadine. What did you What did you think about that? Like, I mean, had you had much interaction with her by that point? Very little. Um, yeah, I think she really struggled as well on on that one. Um, but we won the task in the end, I think. Did we? No, we didn't. No, we lost that task. Um, no, but Judine was... Um, I mean, she... In fact, no, we did win that task. She she, she, re she really struggled, but kind of dragged herself through it, and it, that kind of propelled her through quite a way the, uh, the, the next few weeks where she'd struggled even more. Um, but she kind of got through that task where she'd led something. Um, and then obviously Andy leading the girls, he was just like that was that was just carnage, wasn't it? <laughs> yeah, um, I, um, I read in the interviews that they didn't like the way that he spoke to them. I don't know whether it's because he was calling them sweetheart and, and all that. Like maybe they thought he was being and condescending. I just thought he was really nice, like a really nice, friendly guy. Yeah, know? he was. He was, and it was. It was just you've got to think with with something like The Apprentice is even though you're in a team and like you're supposed to be working together, there's just mm. so much where people genuinely aren't really working with you and just looking for excuses to, to make sure it's you that gets fired and not them if you end up in the boardroom. So you kind of felt foul with that, really. And there's always that moment, I noticed at the beginning of any Apprentice series where, you know, who wants to be PM and you guys swear you can hear crickets, you know, no, nobody wants to do it, you know. Yeah. You also don't want to be the guy saying, I don't want to do it. So you're in a really difficult position <laughs> with yeah. that. <laughs> do, do you do, you don't want to be the PM on week one, but do you want to also be the person that refused to do it? Because then you're definitely down the road. Ah, uh, yeah, they, they notice that, don't they? Yeah, um, so um, there's the initial discussion. I think Jadine looked like she was getting a bit stressed out because Trey was going at 100 miles an hour, all these different ideas and stuff, and, and you, were, you were like, let's keep it simple. You know, yeah. tea, coffee... You know, stick with the eclipse theme. You know, let let's do it. But yeah. You had, but you, you know, there's always um, somebody in the group that wants to add extra things and overcomplicate it. So yeah, I guess once you know what you're doing, maybe. But I guess at that stage, you want to keep it simple and you know get your win. 
Yeah, I mean, it's, it's the same thing in any business. And I think particularly if you were going to start, I mean, like taking it slightly away from the apprenticeship, if, if somebody out there was going to start a food business right now, mm-hmm. you look at who the successful food businesses are. Mm-hmm. Um, McDonald's, what do they make? Burgers. Everybody knows that. What do Kentucky yeah. Fried Chicken make? Chicken. Yeah. What do Domino's Pizza make? What does Pizza Hut make? They, they do one thing well. Mm. So any food business, and it's, it's, it makes it faster, more scalable, easy to control, easy to control costs. The more, you, the more products you, you make, the more confused the message gets. Mm. Uh, but when, you've got, when you're doing something at hyper speed like you're doing with an apprentice task, you've got to literally strip things back to the bare bones and do things as simple as you possibly can. Yeah. Otherwise, every extra thing you add in is another, another area where something can go wrong. Yeah. So um, is that what you what you do in any new business is just keep it simple and then once you're successful, yeah. then you sort of maybe add, start adding little bits here and there on that relationship? Yeah. I know. think from, from a, a, a business that I'd start now or any business that I'd start now, you've got to do one thing really well. And you've got to get known for doing that one thing really well. Just that one thing, though. It doesn't matter what area you're working, yeah. uh, what sort of business it is, but... You've got to develop a, a, a reputation for doing something really well. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so here, here comes the beginning of the task. They still see side stick with tea and coffee, end up going to the cash and carry, buy the wrong coffee. <laughs> <laughs> and then um, Jadine, they eventually, you eventually find a shop to buy the right one. But then, you know, credit to Jadine, she kind of thought, okay, we've got this coffee, we can't do anything with it, let's sell it. And, you know, pouches, like sort of sell the pouches, so you, yeah. you know, make some of the money back. Um, but she seemed to be a little bit um, obsessed with the Eclipse logo. Like, it's got to be Eclipse, it's got to be Eclipse. Like, it's not... Yeah, she went real... brand crazy, didn't she? Yeah, it's not a real business as such, but <laughs> she kind of went a bit crazy. You've got to, you know, you've got to have the little thing that's the, to, to, you know, to, you know, <laughs> you know, and all that. It's got to have the, the logo on the thing and yeah. spending too much time whipping the coffee. It's got to be Eclipse, Eclipse, Eclipse. Um, <laughs> you know, so, um, but the guys, Simon and Chase, seem to be doing good business. Um, but then they were pulled back and, you know, so he ended up having to go to park in a red zone and having to leave and all the arguments and, and all of that. You seem, you, you didn't seem to be in that. I don't think you had much coverage in the first, um, maybe one or two episodes. Yeah, I think the, the, the way, yeah, the way things are edited, it, it generally spends more time looking at the mistakes and the people end up in the boardroom and the reasons mm-hmm. why, um, it's quite good, quite good not to feature too much with episodes because it means you were doing doing the right things but yeah we we sold quite a lot that day but it, i don't think there was a great deal that i was involved with the no. poor decisions so yeah i probably didn't feature a great deal on those yeah what seemed to be completely random to me was the happy birthday dance because there they appeared to unless i missed something there appeared to be no sort of lead up and i was sort of wondering what are they doing you know yeah i have no idea what was going on with that <laughs> yeah. So did that just sort of happen? I mean, how did that sort of transpire? That Honestly, I have no idea. I just got dragged into a room and I think they tried to sell a company 10 coffees and it was somebody's birthday and they agreed to do a dance and show as part of it. I just got kind of like dragged into a room and it's <laughs> kind of like dancing around like this. It was like, yeah, that was pretty crazy to be fair. Low hit bless him trying to find his note at the beginning, like that, you know, <laughs> which, which I thought was quite funny. But you team yeah. smashed, you team smashed me. Nobody wants me singing, believe me. Can you sing? No, I'm terrible. And I, and I, I, I do some 
things with musicians these days and they will tell you i i don't even know what a note is <laughs> cottonopolis music we'll, we'll have a we'll have a chat about that later i saw that before um had a little listen to a couple a couple of tracks um so you smashed the task i mean you i think you won by about 250 pounds yeah you know and you got to go to the ballet um yeah meet darcy bushel Darcy Bushel, probably. I love Darcy Bustle, but for me, the ballet's kind of like a punishment. Yeah, yeah, I can see that. <laughs> it's, it's not everybody's cup of tea, is it? So No, it's not. No, it's not. So you kind of like, you know, you, you enjoy, you, you got your win, you know, you're feeling good, and then you start... <laughs> this one made me laugh so much, which is just the beginning part of it, you know, the, the doggy designs. Oh. Um, is that bringing back traumatic memories? Yeah, yeah, the... What was it called? It's like... The, the pooch pouch. The, the poo pouch, I think I nicknamed it. <laughs> the pooch pouch. The, um, it looked like, um, like an yeah. army utility belt or something. Yeah, but uh, yeah, that, that was definitely... Project name was the poo pouch because it, poo was, pouch. it was like... It was just like um, oh, dog poo bags and a dog ball and stuff in a... What looked like a combat slashed explosive vest. Yeah, <laughs> like terrible grenade, idea. Should have grenades clipped on it. Or something <laughs> yeah. like Rory um, and Paul were ex-army though, so I think that was something that came out of a a ridiculous conversation those two boys had had. And I I, I kind of cringed at this one at the beginning because it was like um, we were going to talk about discipline. Um, so I guess that that's his army background coming in, um, yeah. and he's like, take your jackets off, take your ties. Yeah, off. yeah. I think at the time I I, I kind of felt like he was trying to do like the the officer and the salt and the men kind of thing it, it, was, it, it was very very odd sorry i'm trying to work on oh, right. still there. i think you described um, feeling like a five-year-old um, boy in a victorian school yeah yeah you know kind of like yeah. that yeah that was that that was bizarre um i think leadership's a very difficult thing isn't it and i yeah. think possessing natural leadership where where you leave from the, the front and people naturally um just naturally work with you and gel with you mm. it's not something everybody can do mm. um rory definitely struggled with it which was quite odd coming from a, a, um a background with like, ar like army officer background because obviously that's the the key thing that that, that they get taught um, I spent a bit of time training with the with the Royal Navy doing officer courses and that kind of thing myself when I was at university. Right. Um, but it's yeah, it's a very difficult thing to 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 do leadership. Lots of people can do management. I find, I found this right through my career. Um, there's lots of kind of spreadsheet managers. There's lots of people get a leadership position and presume that means that they can they can then boss people around. What they don't realise is in a leadership position, you need to act as though you work for the employees or the right. people that are in your team. You need to facilitate them and provide them with what they need to like, to excel and, and, and do things themselves. Yeah. You've got to trust people to, to carry out a task as well. Don't get me wrong, the apprentice is a different situation mm. in the way those tasks are set up. But ultimately, from a, a leadership point of view, just screaming, shouting and bossing people around is something that happens in every industry and in every organization when you've got a poor leader and that's unfortunately what 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 he was on that task he's actually a lovely guy i've, I've been out for years with him many times since but i think to take that authoritarian disciplinarian stance is is a poor move 
that then, but it is something that happens in organisations up and down the country still to this day that people just think they can just boss people around and that's management. I kind of just felt like uh, from that that moment, it was, the whole task was just going to be sort of rocky, you know, especially when yeah. you're dealing with, you know, creative people, you know, trade you know, and, and all of that. Yeah, because people aren't, people aren't working for you. They're not pulling in the same direction. They're not trying to beat the other team. They're, they're, they're just trying to get you, get rid of you. And they're not, like, people, aren't, people just aren't going to do things for you, are they? If you do that, what what is your experience of creative meetings like? Um, do you, when it's thinking uh, of an idea, do you just sort of let it sort of free flow? That's the yeah. only way you can let something yeah. creative happen. Really, it's that is the process. That is like everybody throwing ideas out. Yeah. There were it's, it's a conversation, and, and, and as a leader in in a creative situation, what you've got to do is make sure everyone's got a voice. Yeah. Because there are people that will naturally talk constantly, but there are people that have great ideas that yeah. aren't naturally confident about talking in a group. Yeah. So there's a bit of facilitating dragging the ideas out of people that don't necessarily want to talk about it yeah. and kind of controlling a little bit the ones that talk too much, but at the same time, allowing that creative process and people to come up with their ideas because that, that's where more people does make a big difference where you've got something creative to do. So the team presented a load of ideas Mm. So literally quick 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 no discussion um and then um rory decided to put his idea up and go with that which is obviously the, the poo what the poo pouch poo i really thought i really thought it was pooch pouch but maybe, uh, maybe it was a poo pouch but I'll, I'll, i'm just i'm gonna stick with poo pouch because it wasn't a great idea because it was poo okay <laughs> Got it. um so then there was the problem. Sorry, I thought the electricity went off. Um, so then the trip was made to the um, the I think it was like the printer or the, the designer. Sorry, um, but there's still no idea of what what you want to. Because I think there's some issue with the focus group being late or something like that. You know, I think Trey was like, "Why are they not meeting with the focus group or something like that?" So then he had to go with the poop the poo pouch. Sorry, I keep wanting to say pooch pouch. Um, <laughs> and Jadine had a, a, a bit of an obsession with clips, clips and straps. She wanted clips and straps. Um, <laughs> but then, I, th I, th I mean, I thought it was an interesting, I don't think, I, I mean, I, I don't know much about product design. I thought, I mean, it, it looks okay, but I can't imagine a lot of people wanting to buy it. Maybe just like a very limited group, like who go on like hikes and, you know, you know, outdoorsy sort of things. You know, that that that's the only thing I could think of. Mm. Um, but then, just watching the pictures, like um, I don't know about you, but I, I I have often, when watching pictures, you know, literally screamed behind a pillow, you know, cringing because you know yeah. I, was, I was just oh no. I mean, at, at that point, the pitch didn't even matter. Yeah. Because the product was so bad, you've got to. I think in business we talk about product market fit. And it's a case of like, what, what is the market? What's the market size for any given product? And yeah. th there are plenty of ideas that there's a market of 12 people for that, that aren't commercially viable. Um, and that, this, that was just a classic example that there wasn't really a market for, some, for a product like that. People will just take some dog poop bags in the pocket um, and a ball in the pocket and trot off down to the park. They're not going on a army expedition needing some kind of combat belt it that, that the pitches were just utterly irrelevant because the product was so bad unfortunately yeah i mean see rory ended up rory ended up going um but and obviously ifty as well um 
and that I was just I was gutted. I was so gutted. I was like, poor guy. Like <laughs> he's such a nice. And I, I just, like he was just such a nice guy. I just felt so bad for him. I was just you know. I thought, yeah. he was going to do, I thought he was going to do well, but I guess, you know, there's that cutthroat kind of competition and then family and, you know, what have you. I mean, yeah, just, if, if, if he was missing family, if he's done very well in, in years since, he's, the, he's been the mayor of his local, his local town in recent years. Uh, unfortunately, he's a bloody Tory, but, you know, you can't, <laughs> can't have it all, can you? <laughs> but he's, uh, he's, he's been successful in, in, in life since then, but yeah. It was so, a shame. So I found um, the startup service um, quite amusing. Um, now I, I read again in, in my research, I read somewhere that you overheard Katie and Paul talking that they were going to start to, you know, mess up the tasks and stuff. Is that true? Uh, yes. Um, yeah, there was a, there were a couple of things. So they they kind of identified a couple of threats for them to get further through. Myself and Christina were two of the people that they considered a threat, and it was more because of the kind of background we had, being a bit more aligned with the public persona that Lord Sugar, as he is now, kind of puts across of being a bit more kind of rough and ready from an ordinary background. Yeah. Um, yeah, but they did they did, and like you saw, like through the series, like Katie was sabotaging task after task and kind of setting people to fail um and saying one thing to people's face and another thing to to everybody else and i think you've probably seen the uh the impact of that but i, I kind of had it figured out early doors like me and it fell out constantly um it was quite strange as, as the as as the episodes aired i'd get text messages and phone calls off different contestants saying how did you ever figure out and we thought she went out because everybody actually thought she was really nice when we were filming. I thought she's a bit controversial. You know, she says some things. She's um, an absolute she... wench. <laughs> 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 oh, dear. I'll go on record. I'd even use a C word when talking about Katie Hopkins. I'm not going to lie. She's just a nasty piece of work. She's just a racist, a bigot, um, and a genuinely nasty person. And yeah. And I've kind of spotted it day one, and I've not yeah. seen any evidence to contradict that in the 13 years since. Try, try and keep the swear words down, because I think YouTube starts to have a problem with that. <laughs> I think I think um, I, I, yeah, I think I managed not to use any. No, no, you're right. You're right. <laughs> yeah, I mean, there, there, see, again, it's one of those ones where there wasn't there wasn't much strategy, and I heard that. Um, uh, some something towards the end, they wanted to clear driveways in the dark, but then you suggested yeah. the sing along um, thing, you know, in, in yeah. the singogram thing in the, in the pubs, and apparently yeah. her and Paul were fuming at that because they thought, "Oh crap, we're not going to lose the task now." You know, we're we're probably actually yeah. winning. Yeah, because we we did win the task on the back of that. Yeah, and the other team had that other silly idea of going around being kissograms rather than singograms, didn't they? So that that doesn't go down particularly well. I think that was the other team, wasn't it? Yeah, that's what I was saying. The other team did that, but we did the singograms, and actually, we we, God knows how, we just found some really drunk people. I think, but we um, we did really well. That that kind of pushed it over the edge for us. I mean, it was bad, in but it was so much fun. You know, yeah, people singing in the pub. Obviously, it's not like um, you know American Idol or anything like that. You know, <laughs> pro, pro yeah, we weren't winning any any Grammys with that. But, no, yeah, it's good no. Fun. <laughs> no but it was so much fun. I was like, I would, I would absolutely love that. Um, one of um, 
in that in this series, there obviously there was a quick Katie. I keep wanting to call it Katie Price for some reason. I don't know why. Um, they're completely not the same person. Um, but a very quotey kind of series. Probably the most quotable series. Um, I think. Um, that you were described. If you want to hear it, um, in Katie, this is Katie. Um, in life, there are energizers, and there are sappers. Guess mm. which? I guess which one you are. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, she would say that, wouldn't she? But uh, yeah. yeah, rather a sapper than a, an evil Nazi. <laughs> when did you? When did you? Did you kind of work out early on? She really does not like me. Was it like right oh, immediately? Immediately, yeah. And it was a combination of factors. It was partly heritage based, and it was partly um, the fact that I was working class and from the north, that kind of thing. But what really rattled her was the fact that I'd um, looked into joining the Royal Navy as an officer and been through the Admiralty interview board process mm. and quickly identified the way she handled questions as being um, in, a, in a way that you often see that from military officers and particularly intelligence officers. And I asked her if she'd trained at Dartmouth or Sandhurst. This was like the first week and it kind of knocked her for six. Uh, it, tur it turned out that she had been in the army and she'd been um, forcibly removed from the army and didn't really want to talk about it. Ooh, I wonder why, I wonder why. Medical but grounds, apparently, up, but I don't know. You ended up winning, though, and you had to go on a night out with her, Cuban dancing. <laughs> you know, so I'm, I'm sure that was fun for yourself. Yeah, it was Um You that. led on the next task. Um, yeah. The London Zoo, um, the confectionery. Yeah, it was, it was loads of fun. Um, I really thought we'd smashed it and we lost by like 11 quid. And it was like all the tasks on, on like every previous season, every season since. There's like thousands of pounds or the very minimum hundreds of pounds between it. Um, what really happened there was like, I led one, I think, was it Gazelle that led the other team? Um, we both actually did a bloody good job of it with a Tony Lowe's at, at London Zoo. Um, and yeah, there just wasn't much in it. Like, we all pretty much sold out. There were a couple of mistakes here and there that we managed to rectify as the day went on. Um, and it was literally Christina being cheeky and selling lollipops for like 10 quid <laughs> that pushed them over the edge. But yeah, we lost by like 11 quid on yeah. that one. It was, a, it was yeah. a closely run one. But yeah, unfortunately, yeah. I lost it and ended up in the boardroom on the back of it. Well, yeah, there was the labelling issue that, that described as a natural lolly, not a tiger, um, whatever it was. Yeah, so. and we, we, we changed the labels and resolved that pretty quickly. Yeah, I don't, that that was ever, yeah, I don't think that was ever supposed to be on it. Maybe Katie wrote that, I'm not so sure. But well, well, that was made out to be a rather big issue. Um, yeah, but it, it really wasn't. It was solved in, in like five or ten minutes or something like that. It wasn't, wasn't a huge problem. We still managed to sell them. Um, but yeah, we just changed the labels around really quickly. But again, they've kind of got to show something, haven't they, and a reason why you end up in the boardroom. But yeah, yeah they had the um, the production. Um, you wanted to soldier on, um, you know, stay until quite late, and I think um, Sophie didn't want to. I think <laughs> I don't know. Maybe I, I I really liked her. I think maybe maybe at that point she'd maybe checked out a little bit. Yeah, well, Sophie's a physicist and yeah. a, an incredibly talented one at that. So. Mm -hmm. Selling confectionery at London Zoo was not her uh, strong suit, and, and she was completely out of her comfort zone. And I think she found that and, and realised that she didn't really 
fit in and want to be there necessarily. Yeah. Um, you got to... incre- yeah, but an incredibly intelligent, yeah. incredibly talented girl. Yeah, I, was not... I got that from I got that from her. She I, I just don't think it was her her world. Maybe. No, you know, no, just... and she's back in the world of science, technology, and academia, and, and again, incredibly yeah. successful. The, yeah. For all the mistakes that were made on these tasks, and, and for all the production team made people look quite silly, to yeah. be fair, the majority of them were incredibly talented people. Mm. And they're all, they're all doing something like incredibly high up the chain, um, even to this day. Because they, they made her out to be, you know, la- lazy, a little bit. It wasn't. Um, it wasn't that. It and was. She didn't, and she didn't strike me as that kind of person. So. No, no. It, it it was just selling. Selling's hard. Just walking up to random mm. strangers and selling's even harder. Like if you work in a shop or or in a, in any of the sales environments and customers are approaching, it's still difficult. Um, but but so just randomly running up to strangers in London Zoo, it's like people feel embarrassed. They feel uncomfortable. Yeah. They feel nervous. Yeah. It, it just yeah. It just wasn't wasn't for her. And I, and I totally get that. I, I'm, a, I'm a natural salesperson. Even I hate doing that, if I'm completely honest about it. But you, you sort of throw yourself into the task and do it. Uh, whose idea was the lion suit? Probably mine. <laughs> <laughs> you didn't seem to be that kind of guy that would put on a lion suit. But then you did it and, it, you know, you had fun with it, you know. Yeah, yeah, it was fun. The yeah. kids loved it. Most of the kids loved it. I think... I think the production team managed to put the one kid that I scared the life out of oh, yeah, yeah. in the in the in the edit, but the majority of the kids absolutely loved it. I mean, like when I was bouncing around and being a divvy in the in the lion suit, we were like selling loads, but then it got so hot, so I need a quick break, and then like the customer drop off. Like as a little marketing tool, it was it was brilliant. It worked really well, to be fair. Yeah, and uh, it kind of felt like Nat, and I think Natalie was maybe taking things a bit personal, you know, with regards to your your idea about because obviously Lohit was doing really well with how he's demonstrating, you know, things, mm. you know, with the lollies. Yeah, Nat- Natalie just got wound up by the producers. They're quite clever at going in and saying, "Oh, so what do you think about the way Adam said that to you?" And like Natalie's not even thought anything about it, and then before you know it, she's like running over and screaming and shouting at me. But that was like that was the producers kind of winding things up and like setting her off yeah. so we that got calmed down pretty quick me and natalie are great friends we still see each other on a regular occasion now right. but uh yeah that was uh sneaky producers that one yeah and then then it comes to the boardroom um so they said simon saved the location the lolly looks like child's vomit and you know i thought it looked nice i'd, I'd, I'd eat oh, it. it tasted great they were really good i bet um i'm a hell of a cook <laughs> same same here same here um, so you lost by ten pounds or eleven pounds or whatever it was, which must have yeah. been absolutely like ten pound ninety seven to be precise. But not that, not that I'm not that I'm bitter. <laughs> yeah. So then, um, see, you know, Casey started to do her her work in the boardroom, you know, putting mm-hmm. things in in Lord Sugar's you know head, and so you'd see it in the little you know videos and stuff <clears> that <throat> you know apparently you're not you're not good at selling, and when things get difficult, you you you're not very good in that situation either and that that didn't come across to me either i guess but i guess that's part of kate's plan to yeah but that's that, that's um it's quite clever in the way that she did that because as we've seen in recent years with things like with, with donald trump mm. if something's suggested to be true a number of people believe it to be true whether it is or whether it isn't mm. um the truth was i sold more than anybody else that day and i was bouncing around like a divvy in the, the lion <laughs> suit bringing in more custom um 
but yeah, people suggest that kind of thing. But it was quite easy because I was aware that Margaret and Nick were, were keeping count of what was going on. So it's quite easy. I don't know if, if the whole thing made the edit in the end, but it's quite easy to like get them to roll off the numbers because they've, they've, they've taken, uh, they've, they've actually looked at how many um, each person sold. So again, that was like immediately proved to be wrong. Oh, so every time you sell something, you'd write it down in this book? Nick and Margaret that were following us around were, were keeping a pretty close eye on who was selling what. So Sophie kind of talked herself out of it a little bit, or a lot of it. Um, you, yeah. know, you know, she pretty much admitted she didn't agree with, you know, how, you know, selling certain things if they're not valued for money. So she was eliminated. Um, now it goes on to um, task five, which I have to say, hands down, um, is one of the funniest tasks I've ever seen for various different for various different reasons. Not unless um, Katie's um, schmoozing and take me into your world and yeah. You know, so tell me more about you. And... Did, uh, have you seen the the YouTube video just of that episode of like me versus Katie? Yeah, it's on it's on a, a, a YouTube account that's named as your name, but then you've got another account. Yeah, it's not actually my account, but whoever did it, like, cheers. <laughs> yeah, I, I've seen that. I, want, it, I wanted to. It was, yeah, it was from the. It was from a show that was on the year after on BBC Two, which was like the best decisions or worst decisions or something like one of those like roundup shows that that no, yeah. would come on before the new season started, um, with like Trevor Nelson and people like that kind of quoting. But yeah, I think that was. It was just another example of, Katie was obviously saying I wasn't capable of doing certain things, so I wasn't capable of selling at a high level, or I wasn't capable of selling to posh people, or whatever it was. It turns that, out she wasn't, so... Yeah, it know. turns out she was really bad at it, but she was really bad at selling as well, and just bad at generally being a human being. And yes. Yeah, so... <laughs> <laughs> um, so when it came to visiting the, the um, artists, I'll say that in inverted commas, I won't name any specific ones, yeah, um, you came to the. I think I think she was American. She kind of talked with an American twang. Um, yeah, I think her name was Elizabeth or something like that. It was these these pictures that yeah. she was selling for nine hundred and fifty pounds, a thousand, and and she'd only previously um, be, had one exhibition. Um, she'd never sold anything ever. Yeah, and that she's yeah. a brand new photographer. Um, the images would be would sell like hotcakes in IKEA, like university bedrooms that kind of thing that have been incredibly popular um i do have quite an interesting fine art to be fair I, i'm really into people like todd white and lawrence coulson and um this this i'm i'm very much in into um that kind of thing and that wasn't that kind of thing there were two artists in particular there's a guy that had taken pictures of people wearing these like animal heads Yes, as weird as, yeah, as weird as it was, he had a huge amount of followers. And anything in business, and particularly in art, it's about building followers, right? So if you're selling songs or if you're selling artwork, you need people that are going to follow you. Yeah. Um, and then there's another photographer that, that was taking images of horses. And again, massive addressable market, beautiful images. They were the obvious two. And the third one was Vanessa Pepper, who had taken the travel images of Morocco that were absolutely stunning as well. So of the six or eight artists, whatever it is, we went to see, the lips one, I'd put it right at the bottom of the list because she's never sold out. She's not got an audience to sell to. Um, 
I didn't really see the point in picking that one. And I wanted two of the, the, the three that I mentioned there mm. because they, they, they had an audience that would come um, and they had talent. So it was a great combination. But obviously, Natalie didn't agree with me. Katie persuaded her to go the other way. Um, I just about managed to persuade her to take Vanessa as a second artist because they didn't get the well, weird fish pictures that, that I think ended up the other team ended up getting. So I ended up selling a couple of the pictures of Vanessa yeah. because what happened is the entire team, because I'd been completely against the picture of the lips, the entire team was selling the lips and I was the only person selling this other little artist that nobody cared about, it's Vanessa Pepper, who I thought was incredibly talented, who, mm. who did have an audience. So I got in contact with the people that followed her, got them, got them down to the show. And I actually sold three. It said on the on the edit that I sold yeah. two, but actually I actually sold three. I think Sam did the paperwork for one and sneakily put his name on it. But I I sold all three because there was only me yeah. selling those pieces. Yeah. Um. And obviously, Katie and the rest of the team didn't sell anything. But it was partly like selecting the wrong artist. Yeah. But a lot of it, like with Katie, was just she was just talking to the wrong people. Like just no idea about identifying if someone's there to buy something or have a look or just come along because. It saw something was going on. Well, that's what I thought because, um, you know, you've got a oh, they're saying you've got qualified, you know, who you're speaking to basically. So it could just be somebody that, you know, just gonna have a look and not buy anything. So then you wasted like an hour talking to the person who's not gonna buy anything. And it seemed like she, she was, there was no sort of question of, oh, are you, you know, you're looking to buy, you're just looking to be other, yeah. the other team were asking that. Yeah. And you've got a finite amount of time on something like that as well. So you've got to quickly identify who's come to look to buy something yeah. and then if there's something that they like and then then you can start to sell there's no point you can tuck the hind legs off, off, a, off a donkey can't you with someone that's not doesn't want to buy anything doesn't have any money to buy anything it's like i'd i'd love to buy a mansion but <laughs> i can't afford one so there's no point showing me around the mansion uh, i think um katie was uh, amongst her own people so, well, she thought she was, but actually the majority of people that were there and a lot of the people that, that bought the artwork weren't actually particularly well off. Yeah. They were just people that were interested in art. You've got to think there are, there are plenty of um, people that earn average wages that ride £20,000 motorbikes as a hobby. There are, by the equal... In fact, there are people that like art that spend a, a, a large percentage of their income on, on artwork. Um, but it's, it's, it's not about spotting people that have got X number of pounds in the bank. It's about spotting people that want to buy that, that product and have the means to do yeah. so. When, when you were at Elizabeth's um, place looking at the lips, when you, when you were asking her about price and you said £9.50, did you mean that because you thought that yeah, was rubbish? Yeah, because I reckon in Ikea at 9.50, they'd, they'd sell like hotcakes. And, oh, I, I, I wondered that. I thought, is he just making like a, just a crack to kind of, you know... Well, she said 9.50, right? Yeah, she said 9.50, yeah. And I'm like, right, yeah, I'll, I'll have the full set. I have pieces of art in my room. They're, they're kind of digital art that my friend did for me, and I'd pay more than I, I, I would pay more than, you know, that for than some of those lips. So, you know, there, there, there you go. Um, but I thought... Um, yeah, I, la I was like I said, I laughed a lot at this episode, partly because of um, Katie schmoozing 
and part of the part was the other team with Trey on it selling the fish pictures. That, and, and I've never seen. Um, I, I like Trey. I like Trey. I really do. Um, but I've never seen anybody bullshit for that long. Like, and he was really. It was good. a combination of, yeah. of the bullshitting, um, the, the offence that he'd taken to the nudity on religious grounds, mm. um, and his complete disbelief of um, evolution. <laughs> and he was like, yeah. "I don't come from no fish." <laughs> Yeah, he's a funny guy. He is absolutely hilarious. The guy's brain works so fast. Um, but yeah, it, yeah, I guess you could say some bullshit. But I, he's uh, he's a bit of a natural salesperson. He's a funny yeah, guy. Yeah, it's just the natural natural technique. I guess you got to talk it up a little bit. I suppose. Yeah, he's but a, then, he's um, a great guy. But they they tried to keep you downstairs um, for mo most of the day. But you obviously popped your head up every every now and then before the exhibition to try and help out. <laughs> Like, I don't know why he's up here. Like, I, you know, and all that. I don't know how to manage him. And I'm just like, if you don't know how to manage somebody, that's your problem, I guess, yeah. more than, you know, the person themselves, you know. Yeah, I mean, what I've I, been downstairs just making calls. So I'd be booking uh, Vanessa, the, the, the artist that I mentioned. I sold a few of her uh, pens. And so I, I was just ringing her, her followers and, and inviting them down. So there was only so many people that you could call. So I was, yeah, I was just popping upstairs to help out, but they were like, that was kind of made into a, a big issue that yeah. I can't be managed, but I think I did a, yeah. did a pretty decent job, to be fair. I mean, the, you, you, yeah, absolutely. Um, I mean, you've got, the team got, you know, beaten by about three, was it 3,200 or something? It was like a that. lot. Yeah. It was, it was a lot. It was a lot. And obviously they tried to, they tried to come for you, um, you know, in, in the, in the boardroom. I mean, yeah. did you expect Not a that? smart move. <laughs> Not, no, did you did you kind of expect that at that point? Did you yeah. kind of know that's when? Yeah, because yeah, Katie was in Natalie's ear, being Machiavellian from start to finish, really. Um, and it was disappointing, really, because I was I was really friendly with Natalie, and it was just yeah. disappointing that she'd that she'd listen to a snake like Katie um, yeah. instead of listening to me, which is she's apologised for many many times since. Um, that she'd like been kind of taken on with with Katie and like taken on what she taken on board what she'd said. It was odd, but yeah, um, she got lucky getting out of that boardroom. Really, Katie did. Cause she yeah, because she'd sold sod all. I mean, it was it's mental, isn't it? When you watch it back, it's like the only, the only person who sold anything and did a decent job is the person you take in. It's just like you're going on. Why have you done that? That was a conversation. You little coffee shop that you go to partway through. That was uh, that was a conversation we had. I was just like, "Why have you why have you taken me in? You're just going to get sent on now." Oh. <laughs> is, is is it true? Is this uh, again? It's another thing that I've read online. Um, is it true that Paul, um, um, when he was off camera, told somebody, "I'll buy this painting, and and because it's going to be on telly, um, you'll you can sell it on eBay, and you'll get you'll get some money back for it." Is that true? Oh, I don't know. Oh, <laughs> it, wouldn't, it wouldn't it wouldn't surprise me. <laughs> but yeah, I, I just, I just wouldn't be the worst thing that Paul did. What's that? It wouldn't be the worst thing that Paul did. Oh, what, what did he do? Katie Hopkins. No, Simon. <laughs> not Paul. No, wrong guy. Wrong guy. I know about that. No, wrong guy. Sorry, Simon. Sorry, Simon. Simon. Yeah, Simon would have probably done that. He didn't do Katie Hopkins, though, as far as no, I'm No, no. So I was thinking, do Katie Hopkins. I was thinking, okay, I got the name wrong. Sorry. <laughs> but, but anyway, um, 
the next task was um, kind of kind of um, one of those ones where you kind of scream at the telly. He's like, "Why are you buying all that cheese?" You know, oh, God, buying oh. it from Matt, and you were stood with him, weren't you? You were in yeah. I, it's an, it's another one that like was strangely edited. So Paul's like, "I'm going to buy cheese from Macro," and we're having the conversation. I'm like, "Well, you're a, you're an idiot." Like, you can't go to France with the cheapest cheese. Like, even if you go and get some incredibly nice, like, artisan cheese from a little farmhouse made by mum and pop, like, even then, you're on a hiding to nothing in France. We need to take things like chutneys and, like, complementary products to things that they buy a lot of that are unique to the UK. Um, and he was adamant that he was doing it, and it was all based on cost, and, and, and which is obviously in business is part of the equation, but certainly should never be the 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 focal point. Um, but then all you see is me kind of my arms crossed sulking in the background, which is, what's actually happened is we've just had a massive argument where I've, I've put that exact point forward and he's like, no, I'm going to buy cheese from Macro. And I'm just like, you're an idiot. <laughs> so the, the, only, the only bit that, and then he's like, no, this is what I'm going to do. And I'm just going, yeah, all right. Because <laughs> by that point I'm done. I'm like, all right, fine. I'm along for the ride. I hope you carried the stuff. <laughs> no one's going to buy it. And um, yeah. you had a bit of it to do with the printer call quick. Um, the banner. He was very angry when, when you guys turned up. Um, yeah, so the, the, so there were there were circumstances there whereby this was a production thing. So we had to have a discount. Yeah. Um, Paul didn't get a quote in the first place for it. So when we when we turned up to buy it, we're not we weren't allowed to buy anything at full price. We had uh, to get some kind of deal and offer, which again is never made clear to the audience. Um, oh, that makes sense. The which is just... why you get people going in supermarkets in Spain on like later series, asking for a, a one cent or one like one penny off yeah. something. It, it always, always feels wondered. really out of context, right? Yeah, um, I've yeah, always that's... wondered what what's, what difference is a penny going to make. But yeah, I get yeah. Now. And then it, and it's things like you can't Google things to find out where they are, where they are. So you had to use the yellow pages. So like when yeah. people can't find something, you're like, you idiot, just Google what that is and where you can find it. Well, you're not allowed to, that's against the rules as well. But again, it's not made clear to the audience that that's the case. Right. But yeah, so the uh, the banner was a very small part of how that thing went wrong though. Yeah, it, I think it kind of, uh, the impression was that you were in charge of that. But I guess you're saying it's Paul, maybe. Yeah, I think I, I was in charge of collecting it and having to get a couple of quid off it, okay. which I think we did from memory. But yeah, it was like, it was like 100 quid's worth of, um, of a banner, which we, yeah, just part of the task that we had to get. We, again, I, I guess um, I think I think we lost by about a thousand pounds. Even the entire, yeah, I think even the entire cost of that probably didn't really make a whole a great deal of difference. We, you had um, Paul trying to be Bear Grylls um, with his gel burner. Uh, oh, it was, see, I think uh, it was a candle. Yeah, appar apparently, again, he deliberately hid you behind the mark the, the the stall so the, the camera crew wouldn't spot you know what what you were doing back there but apparently yeah. you went and grabbed them to show yeah. them what was going on <laughs> you know i'm like come here yeah <laughs> all this shit's on camera <laughs> but yeah i guess it's a yeah you could, you could have bought a theater time with you know like barbecue or something i suppose um but yeah you didn't do that but but then once the sausages were <laughs> Oh, sorry, I keep laughing. Um, sausages were cooked, then they started to sell, you know. They, then, they, yeah. they, they went and asked a couple of chaps at a, a halal butchers during Ramadan 
if I they could possibly that. cook the sausages in the in the kitchen at one point. Yeah. That was the point when I was like, I'm out. <laughs> yeah, I saw that. I'm out. They were trying to, they, they were, actually, I think they were going door to door trying to sell packs of sausages. And, yeah. uh, and I was like, you do realise you've walked that's... into, uh, you know, a, a place that says halal right on the front, don't you? But yeah. They, they didn't. Um, and they sold them at cost price, which I thought was a, a weird, a weird thing, a weird thing to do. Mm. Um, then obviously that Katie and um, Christina started to have a bit of a, you know, to do as well. And I think uh, Christina was described as a snake in the grass. Yeah, which is odd when it was the person who accused her of being that that was the snake in the grass. Yeah. Oh, well, she has a big mouth. And I look forward to the day she swallows something larger than she should. Another mm. one, an another one, another one of the coasts. She was great with sound bites, wasn't she, Miss Hopkins? Yeah, yeah. I, I guess um, she was planning for a future career in the in the media. So I yeah, it yeah. It's exactly it's exactly what she was going for the whole time. And I did yeah. I did tell um, Lord Sugar at the time that's what she was going for in, in one of the boardrooms. I mean, got left on the cutting room floor, but. I think I think I was quite vocal about that in yeah. newspaper since, and I think I've been proved right about that yeah. <laughs> through the years as well. I think the real crime, not not forget about the loss, was all that stuff when you went to Calais and you had to bin all those like balls and peas and sausages, and I was just like, no, yeah, that was just heartbreaking. But obviously, you ended up you ended up in the boardroom. I think it was a two hundred twenty-five pound loss, um, and the other team made four hundred and ten pounds. Mm. So yeah, quite, quite a. Quite yeah, it's a big. It was a big difference, but the the chutney was the obvious thing to say to France. I mean, like, that sells incredibly well. Um, cheap macro, um, chipolatas and and cheddar cheese are just not the thing to sell. I mean, the the market in Arras, the, the the little market town that we went to, is like exceptional. It's like proper artisan. Um, family-run business market stalls. It's like the food is incredible, um, and it's 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 bizarre that somebody from the kind of um, background that Paul's from wouldn't know something like that. That that was the, the kind of scenario. To like France is such a foodie country um, that, that the markets over there. I mean, like they they take a real pride in 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 the produce that, that mm. they consume way more so than we do even in the UK. Um but to take like just cheap crap was just unbelievable. I know. But obviously he ended up paying for his decisions. He did. He was gone and he was gone. And then obviously um in the you and you were in there the three of you the the re relationship with Casey sort of came out to a point and I was thinking, oh gosh, like there I, I, you can't, you can't, there's going to be hell to pay because obviously the, when Katie finds out she's really going to be going, going for him um, but then yeah. the surprising thing to me was um, when you got back to the house like mm. nothing, there was nothing like silence no. like, mm. and I was just like what has he done that's so bad but then I kind of realised Katie being the ringleader Katie being in everyone's ear yeah. talking about him putting him down and stuff, you know. Because yeah. just... she kind of made out to everybody that the whole thing had fallen apart entirely because of something I'd done when clearly it wasn't. Um, and at no point did she think I would be able to take Paul out of the boardroom and I absolutely annihilated him. Oh, yeah. I saw. 
<laughs> I, I think it was just shock on, on most people's part. Well, you didn't do it in a particularly nasty way, you weren't. Well, no, you no, but it, I mean, like, again, it was, it was clever editing, but it was just, everyone was just like, what? And then Naomi got up and gave me a massive hug. Um, and like, like, Trey was like, come on, let's go and have a chat and have a cigarette outside. Uh, but yeah, it, but it was, it was just a split second. Everybody was like, how's yeah, it back? Because I've been in the boardroom every week for a couple of weeks at that point. They, they were just so like, how's, it, how's, he got, how's he come back again? <laughs> like, they, they, they edited you they edited that bit out where you know Trey you know you went out with Trey and stuff like that right before yeah. you walked in do you remember Simon was doing an impression of, of you and then yeah. he sort of walked in and, and you know um, apparently he was nice but obviously it was fake nice and you know you kind yeah. of caught and done to that but um, obviously we're, we're I only watched up to episode um, with the 10 items I haven't watched anything past that so I know you, did you come back for the finale I think you did didn't you I did, yeah, yeah. yeah. So um, obviously you had ten items, and that that always um, that's always fun watching people, try, you know, driving around the city trying to find these things. Yeah, and, and it's it's yeah. the whole it's the whole yellow pages thing. No Google, um, trying to find things when you don't know what something is. So we found everything. Um, I lost that task by ninety-seven pence. Um, but yeah. I didn't lose, this is going to sound like being a solo, I didn't actually lose the task. It was quite a weird one. So we didn't get the Nigella seed. So I was fined £30 for the value of the product and £50 because we didn't find it. The other team, Simon's team, cheated and bought a wrong product, product um, a, a marble paving stone thing, um, and only got fined a total of £50. So I got fined... Mm. 80 for not getting something and they got fined 50 for not getting something do you think um it was your storyline for you to go that week and that maybe was... but i but the, the argument that i had in the boardroom was like it was like so why did you lose task and i was like i didn't it's like that's production you can't talk about that now it's done you're in the boardroom why did you lose task and i, went, I didn't hmm. so i basically fell out with him completely and i'm like i didn't lose the task i don't know why we're having the conversation like yeah. <laughs> well, I, what me to say? Yeah, I mean, I, I kind of, I, I remember shouting at the telly. I was like, "It's in cooking. It's in naan breads." And you, 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 ha, you had, and you had, and you had. I'll never forget that now. Yeah. And you had, and you had, an, I think she was Indian, gazelle. Yeah, gazelle. Yeah, yeah. yeah uh, uh, and Indian or Pakistani background. Yeah, and you have, a, you have a, an Asian person right next to you. How can she not know what that is? Because, I mean, the, the more commonly known as black onion seeds. Yeah. Which I would have known, which Gazelle knew, um, just not Nigelicies. To be honest with you, I don't think anybody called them Nigelicies back then. Um, some people did, some people did. Yeah. I mean, my, 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 my family background is, uh, my, my stepdad's from Malawi and, and his family are from India and oh. Malawi. So I've, I've grown up around um, South Asian cooking. So you're part Indian then? My step, my stepdad is. Um, I'm I'm half Not Moroccan. Yeah, so my, my my real dad's from Morocco. So I'm I'm half Moroccan. My stepdad's from Malawi. His dad's from India. Oh, like wow. I've got a a very mixed heritage. I've grown up around all all manner of South Asian cooking, and yeah, it was just a, a weird one to kind of fall down on. Really, <laughs> you need to you need to travel over to Liverpool when lockdown's over, and you can taste my chickpea curry. That sounds amazing. There you go. Um, but yeah, it's the the. <laughs> 
this whole thing with the Nigella scenes, you went every, you were asking everywhere, and nobody knows yeah. know what they were. And also, you had this thing with the battery. It kind of made it out that you walked away and you didn't get the battery. Then you no, we got the battery. battery but it, yeah, I we did get the battery. Yeah, you know. yeah it, it was. It didn't want to give a discount, but we, but again, it's, that's the production thing. You you weren't allowed to take it without some discount, so we got a pound off it in the end. Mm -hmm. um, Again, it was weirdly edited, but yeah, so we got a pound off it because it, 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 it was better to just get a pound off it than spend more time trying to find one somewhere else because it was a particularly yeah. battery we had to get and we'd struggled to find one in the first place. But yeah, it yeah, seemed, so we did get that. It seems with, um, is it Giselle or is it Gazelle? G Gazelle. Gazelle. Um, I, I'm sure she's a nice person, but I don't know if this is the editing and I'm not going to be shady or anything. It kind of just seemed like she didn't really do a lot that day. Not in that task, which was a bit annoying. And again, she'd had Katie in her ear as well. Um, right. Again, I've had a, 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 a few apologies off Gazelle because Katie said some disgusting derogatory things about Gazelle. Um, quite racist things. Um, during filming, which was one of the areas where we really, really fell out. Um, Kate Hopkins was taking the mick out of Gazelle when she was praying, which I thought was completely out of order. Um, and then for Kate, for Gazelle to take Katie's side and kind of set up, it was really annoying. Um, yeah, yeah. So that that I had I had words with Michelle who ran production about that as well. Um, whether that led to the reason Katie Hopkins didn't really win, I don't know, but well, it wasn't quit, something else. She? Um, I think she was asked to quit at the end, if I'm honest. She was? I think so. I think she was put through to the final, but I think she was asked to quit or told to quit. Well, I don't think Alan Sugar was aware of some of the things that had been done and been said through through filming. Uh, I, don't, I, don't, I, don't, I, don't, I don't think what happened at the end of that series was entirely as it appeared in the edit. Yeah, she made it out to be that she um, needed to consider a husband and her children, and wasn't that? And and, and that was a load of crap. Yeah. Um, and <laughs> final quote. I'm sure you're sick and tired of hearing them. You've heard them. You've probably you probably know the Pino Grigio one. <laughs> not, not, no, no, like alleging that you're an alcoholic. Well, I'm still standing. And I've I've yeah. only had a hot chocolate this evening, but uh, I def I'm I'm a, I'm a northern lad. I, I definitely drink. <laughs> um, I think she said this is what she said. I would like the person. I would like to be the person that secures Adam's exit from this, and also secures his route back to the north and his northern chums, where I do feel he rather belongs. And I was just like, yeah. no, like the north is amazing. Like I I come from the south. I come from Bedfordshire. Um, mm. And it's funny, like, um, I live in Liverpool now, and um, I've lived there for 13 years, and I remember telling them, this is the north-south thing, um, you know, that sort of snobbery, or, you know, seen misconception, and, and what have you, that, you know, uh, whatever, I won't go into it, but um, I, I remember telling people, I'm going to Liverpool for university, mm. and just the look on their faces, it was just like, um, one person said as a joke, oh yeah, it's nice knowing you, you know, you know yeah, like, where mean, am I going? Like, you know? that, that just highlights Katie's bigoted opinions on everything, that I think... The more bigoted people tend to be, the more they think that their ideas, their area is like the greatest and, and everything else anywhere else is in, in some way inferior. Um, and I think that's just, just another example of it with, with Katie Hopkins, whether it's people's children being named after, after countries, which ironically her daughter's called <laughs> India, so that's odd. Um, 
but yeah, but yeah, I mean, I've I've spent a lot of time. I spent a couple of years working for a company called Software One and, and working in London a couple of days a week. Um, I've got lots of friends from not just around the UK but from around the world. It's just a, it's not really an opinion that that makes any sense to me, really, if I'm honest. Yeah. But yeah, but I, I'm I'm still living in the north. I'm still very happy living in the north. I live in Manchester city centre these days. Um, and, and before lockdown, spent a lot of time in London and often kind of feel as though Manchester was like another suburb of London with just like the way that my life was and that I travelled around. Oh. I was a couple of days in London and I was on the Virgin train, which was like two hours into the city centre. Oh. And do you know I mean? it kind of felt like this was just another suburb of London. And when I went back out to Clitheroe and the outskirts of Blackburn, yeah. that's when I was really in the north. Um, this really feels more like it's yeah. very similar in, in structure, yeah. in people, in businesses to, to, to being in the capital. Um, just finish, just really, just finish up on the on the, on the apprentice. Just literally almost almost there with that part. Is that um, when you found out that you lost by ninety seven p? Did you think oh, my numbers up now? Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. I knew yeah. knew what was going to happen. Yeah, and it, and I, I I did get quite pedantic in the boardroom, um, and I, I did kind of again, it wasn't really in the edit. I did kind of walk out and refused to go back in for some of the retakes where he could say you're fired. <laughs> I, I, really, I, I did completely lose my temper, to be fair. But it's quite, a, it's, a, it's quite an intense situation being in there, and it just didn't sit right with me. Yeah. Like the, the, way, the way the scores had worked with the, the, the fine um, being more for my team than for the other team, with such a fine, fine line of like 97 yeah. pence difference, which wasn't based on us getting fined 30 pounds extra mm. so, so right yeah. at the end you, you know when you sit up you know in the little foyer bit or you know sitting on the couch and um, give gazelle gazelle oh, i hope you said it wrong again i'm so sorry um and you know a big hug <laughs> he comes along and gives, gives you a, a peck on the cheek <laughs> um, <laughs> how did that feel like were you like Get off! <laughs> it, wasn't, it wasn't the first time she tried to kiss me, and I was, I wasn't that happy with that one either. <laughs> so, is it true, right, that um, she tried to charm you? She tried it with all the guys. Oh, okay. Even yeah. Trey, which was bizarre, because she's just not good-looking enough to get away with that, right? It was a very odd tactic to deploy with somebody that looks like a horse. Mm hmm. Right, so, <laughs> um, yeah, um, yeah. I, I, I understand what you're saying. Um, is it is it true? It's because different people said different things. Some people said nothing happened between her and Paul. Some people said, I, they, yeah, I, I saw stuff hmm. happen between her and Paul. It definitely happened. Wow. Okay. I'll leave it. We'll leave, leave, <laughs> leave it at that. Like it's just. It's they, smart, it's just they gave me for details, like, but trust me, you don't want them. <laughs> well, not those kind of details. No. Um, no, definitely not. Um, no, like I, I guess I, I, with in terms of reality TV, I guess I was really naive to it because I, I used to think, okay, that is what it is. That's what they're showing, and that's what's happening. But mm. I've, I've, I've watched shows since, like uh, I'm obviously admitting um, my cheese uh, taste in TV shows, America's Next Top Model. Uh, they, I still they, love that show. Yeah, I've I've been watching it. I've been watching it and watching interviews of this guy that's on there, and, and not, it's again, it's not 
quite what 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 it seems like that you know there's been allegations that they decide who's going to win and same with X Factor and stuff like that. So I've learned a lot yeah. through the years. And I've got a friend that's in the music industry or was in the music industry. And he told me all the gossip about X Factor as well. I'm just like, I haven't really watched anything. Um, I don't watch X Factor. I don't watch um, anything like that anymore because it's just like, you know, it's kind of fixed now. You know, it's got an agenda. You know, it's got a story. Like they'll, there's a, there was a contestant from Liverpool that looked like he was going to win. But then all this bad press started coming out about him. Because we've got like, now we've got social media you didn't have that. You didn't have anything. No, I don't think there's there's no YouTube, no Twitter, no Instagram. Yeah, they have way more control over that narrative back then than, than what they've got now. But yeah, but yeah. yeah there's the, at the end of the day, it's entertainment, isn't it? And there is a little bit of um, creative license taken with the editing. If, if Lord Sugar called you and said, do you want to do Apprentice All Stars if they ever did that? Would you say yes? Or would they? Everybody <laughs> would ask you. No, I don't think I'd get asked. No. <laughs> but yeah, probably. Just I mean, to be fair, I did find the majority of the experience pretty good fun. I did. Yeah. I did enjoy it, and um, it'd be interesting to see how I'd fare now with the experiences I've got, comparative to the the little life experience I really had when I did it, did it back then. I'd only, I'd only been to university and worked in car sales at that point. Mm. Um, and I had confidence that I had ability to do like many, many other things. Um, but really sort of what I've learned and, and what I've learned about myself and the person development that I've done since and the things that I've done since, it'd be interesting to sort of, because the reason I did it in first was to pit myself against my peers really, wasn't it? And I think, yeah, I think I'd, I'd, I'd find it interesting to do something like that again to see, mm -hmm. to see how I'd fare. Out of the people that were there, how many do you think actually wanted the job? And how many do you think... Do you think Everybody you think except Katie Hopkins wanted the job. Really? Yeah, genuinely. Well, she well, just wanted to be a TV star. She'd already done, the, um, done a pilot for Big Brother a couple of years before that. She was just hell-bent on getting on TV. And that's why she behaved the way that she did. She just wanted to be the pantomime villain on TV. Well, she did end up going on Big Brother. She did. And, and I'm a celebrity Perez. and, yeah. Yeah, going, on, going up against Perez Hilton. Yeah. You know, that, that, was, that was fun to, fun to watch. She, she became the, the victim, the hero, you know, which was kind of odd. But you know, let's, uh, enough, about, enough about that, anyway. Um, I just got, I just, I just got really weirded out by the close-up shots of her eyes, you know, <laughs> just, her, just her eyes, her, you know, just the, the the coy smiles and and the eyes, just really, oh, kind of like she's what she works magic, you know, or, you know, does you know, those little spells <laughs> with, her, with her eyes or something. But but let's talk about um, what you're doing, what you did after that. So that was obviously 17, 17 years ago, right? 13, I think. 13? Is it 2007? Was it? Or was it 2007? Yeah, yeah, it was 2007. Yeah, yeah 13 years ago. Um, gosh, yeah, I've been working in, in, in mostly in IT, latterly around artificial intelligence um, and um, marketing software, really. So I'm work, I work for a, a company called Red Eye doing um, marketing automation software. I've, I had... Um, a company where we were developing some AI tech for healthcare that was a little bit too early. We can't really take patient data into the cloud. So we built some products that are kind of mothballed. 
um, that we can't do anything with because we need to take live patient data into a system yeah. that sits with IBM. Um, so I did I did that for for a year on my on my own. Before that, I was working in in software around the AI division for a company called Software One. And then I've got a little hobby thing that you mentioned at the beginning on the side that's just like me and a couple of mates film some music videos and yeah. we're trying to try and help some emerging artists that we know around Manchester. I'm big into music and go out watching I know all the time I used to go out watching loads of gigs and it was kind of knowing what I know about business and marketing and, and that kind of thing and sales, it was about just helping people with that side of things. Just helping them make some content and and, and get seen and build an audience really so that's what the cotton off list does so we just um help out some musicians get try and get noticed really you still got your business is it alphabet labs uh, I've, I've closed it down actually now yeah. I'm, I'm working at red eye yeah so that that was a business that we've, we've built that software it, the company's technically still live because it owns some ip um, that we might i might at some point sell the ip to another tech company but at the moment that's the stuff that's like the the system works, but it only works if we can ingest live patient data. So you want to you want to save the NHS? Um, it would have been <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think that was, a, that was a funny article that was done by someone I know a while ago. But yeah, I think what we were trying to do with that was use AI systems to decrease the workload, or at least allow clinicians to increase the workload there's a lot of time spent reviewing notes when really what they need is just key data the point of a, a of a high level consultant is the fact they can make the decisions if they're presented with the information so yeah. what we're trying to do is build a system that meant they were just presented with the information very quickly rather than having to go through all the diagnostic notes to then extract the information because that's where mistakes are made so yeah. we, we, we were training a system to extract those key pieces of information and present it to a clinician um, so that the system itself I'll, I'll not start it back up as a company at any point but what we've what we've the work we've done at such points it's it's valid val valuable to somebody we'd probably just gift it to somebody or sell it to a technology company or somebody else will just kind of reinvent what we've already done but yeah. it's something i had a crack at i set a timer on how long i had to do it which was mm -hmm. 12 months it didn't quite happen. Um, I learned a lot doing it, and I guess I've, I've put my efforts now are fully into the company I work at, at Red Eye, and and then what I'm doing on the side, helping out some of these some musicians to try and like build their uh, their following up a little bit. Yeah. I wanted to tell you something when we were doing the Apprentice chat. I watched seven episodes since um, Friday. <laughs> there's a lot because like normally you watch something that's like 45 minutes long but these are like almost a full hour sure, full hour yeah yeah and then um after i'd done all that um i just googled and i found a website that purportedly has a diary from view on it the call it's called the callmarkwebsite.co.uk right and it's got basically according to this it's it's all the content written by you and it's off a website that was um, at adamhospital.co.uk. I don't know if you remember having a website, but it, it purports to be you in, in this diary basically going through, uh, it's basically called Apprentice Lifting the Lid. Yeah, so somebody, somebody lifted an index page that wasn't public. Uh, that was a literally written and put on the back end page that was meant to be edited afterwards 
And then BBC Legal basically told me I couldn't publish any of it. So I never put it live, but I never took it down. And somebody put, according to the, one of our security tech guys at the time, they pulled an index page. Oh. So yeah, it is written by me. There's a lot of spelling mistakes in it, but it is all accurate. Yeah, it, it's it's still there. But it, but it shouldn't be there. And I'll probably get sued off BBC Legal at some point for it being there. <laughs> Well, I doubt I doubt they're going to watch this, so you know. Yeah, fingers crossed. <laughs> I, I, I saw that after, like I've done, I don't know, hours, hours of viewing, um, and I could have just looked at that, but you know, it was fun. It was fun. Re to be honest, it was fun rewatching the old episodes and yeah. watching it. Watching it now, um, what was it on the fourteenth or the fifteenth or sixteenth series last year or something? Yeah, um, not not much has changed. I know it needs freshening up, doesn't it? Desperately needs freshening up. The whole concept of people getting fired doesn't wash with me. Right. I'd, I'd permanently split it into two groups to set up a business for like a period of time. So it wasn't just a single task, but two businesses with multiple things to complete. And then whoever's got the best set up business or pulled in the most funding or sold the most product, made the most money, whatever that looks like. But you'd get to know each character. This whole, like, somebody has to leave, I don't see how that's the entertainment. The entertainment could be people understanding the characters better and seeing what they're doing. But really, we, like, we need to sh demonstrate in business people working together and achieving a common objective. Yes. Um, and we, ne we need to show proper leadership and, and proper teamwork and not glorify people like Katie Hopkins being Machiavellian and stabbing people in the back and yeah. Alan Sugar firing people. I just think the whole thing needs a, a massive yeah. update, really. I, I don't yeah. think it's appropriate for 2020 and going yeah. forward. I don't think it's appropriate for business anymore. Um, and I think as much as there is competition in business and competition inside particular organisations... Yeah don't think the way it's pushed on that program yeah. is the right thing to push and for young people that are at school aspiring to get involved in business would want to aspire to. Yeah. I, th I know lots of great examples of entrepreneurs like around the Manchester area, um, in particular at the moment, some really exciting companies and really interesting people. And, and, they would not allow things like that to go on in their businesses, and I know they wouldn't. And it, it's not a good example to set, and it's not the way that businesses would be built. Yeah, I've had um, I, I've been fired just once, and it was painful. Um, but yeah, all this, and it's uh, the stuff that went on. There's not um, what you'd expect um, from an international company, and um, I think it's um, you have to these days if you want to get ahead. Sometimes you have to play the game. Um, but I'm not one. I'm not one to play the game. So you know, yeah. that, puts, so, that, puts, that puts a target on your back. So um, sometimes, sometimes getting fired is the best thing that can happen. It just means you're at the wrong place. Yeah. Well, I've been looking for work ever since. So, um, but yeah. Um, so I thought I'd, I'd diversify. Like I've never done anything like this before. Um, mm. you know, I've got time off, lockdown, and all of that. So I kind of thought, like, you know, what can I do? And I talked about creating content year, um, months ago right at the start because you know I can sing so I thought maybe I can you know record some videos of me singing or something like that and I didn't do anything about it but then a few weeks ago 
I was just like, okay, so I've done nothing. I'm bored out of my head. I'm not working. Still doing mm. applications. What can I do? So, okay, I'll do some interviews because I love talking to people, as you probably realise yeah. at that stage. Um, yeah, keep so it up. You know, started off with En Vogue. You know, Dawn Robinson from En Vogue. Yeah, not 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 a bad shout that. Fucking heck. <laughs> yeah, and then then I got the vocal coach, and uh, it's gone seriously too. downhill because you've got me this week. <laughs> uh, no, no. Well, it was it, no. I, I have been genuinely a fan. There is a, a person in each series that tends to sort of stand out either for, you know, you get a couple, one for good reasons, one for bad reasons. I thought, you know, you know you're know, you one of the, the good ones. Um, and I remember, remember you laughing, like, I've actually got a fan, you know? So <laughs> it's like one one fan from 13 years ago. Yeah, it's, no, it's, it's never increased the number. <laughs> well, you, you know, never know. Maybe this will... Um, remind people i'll put this on youtube so if you will you know people will sort of pick that up but and you know, just um to finish off i know you were talking before about music um and then mm. you talked about tech ai what is your passion is it just the you know do you have it do you sort of go to one side or the other or you you know do you, do you know what yeah things um honestly business people um constant growth like just constantly like learning new things mm. um and music's a massive passion as well um but likewise the 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 ai side of things the tech side of things i just yeah I, I, there's there's multiple things that i'm massively interested in really I, I love going cycling i love being involved in ai and tech love being involved in music i like having that blend as well if you're involved in multiple things um it's surprising something that i do in ai or tech or selling how yes. that then impacts something i'm doing with music and just yes. that different viewpoint that different focus that's applicable across yes. some across to something else it's really really interesting how how things kind of come together now you come with just like new ways and new ideas of doing things just by mm -hmm. being involved in a couple of quite different areas really yeah. And it, tick, it ticks the nerdy side and it ticks the creative side being involved in these different things. And it's like, it's nice to like put one thing down and go and do something completely different. Yeah. I think I've realised um, at my age, we're the same age, but we're both 42. Yeah. Uh, that, you know, I, I can't just do one thing now. I've done one thing, you know, all literally all my life. And now I've, I think I've gotten to the stage where I don't think that's enough. So definitely mm -hmm. thinking about a few things and, you know, doing different things out of the box, trying to do things I haven't done before. So yeah, I think this is, I guess it's a good time, like you said, to work keep, out. Keep doing it before you know it. You never know. You might have a podcast as big as Joe Rogan. I don't know who that is. Oh, you need to watch that if you want to do podcasting. <laughs> no, no, well, I wanted to do my own thing. Like, um, I, I thought when I started doing this, like, how do I do this? Like, there are lots of different examples. Obviously, the big famous ones that are on the telly. Then you've got the people that are doing it on YouTube now. People doing yeah. podcasts. You know, I could look at their styles, work out what they are doing. But then I thought, do I want own. to do that? Do I want to do that? Do I want to look at what other people are doing? Yeah. The the, the reason I'd, I'd suggest looking at somebody like Joe Rogan is because he's doing precisely what you're doing. He just does him having a chat to someone. Yeah. Well, that's and there's it. No, there's not there's no rhyme or reason to it. He gets really interesting people in, but. It's just him just having a, a pretty genuine conversation, which is what obviously what you're doing too. So that that's what I works. I don't. Um, this may, may be um, the wrong thing to do, but, inter but with interviewing, but I don't write questions down. I don't think he does. I don't. I don't. I just have. I don't, yeah, it's it's def definitely a style that you can that you can do.
I was looking at the Cartonopolis music um, page. I kind of got, I kind of saw on your profile that you had a, you were sitting at a PA desk or something like that, or the mixing desk or whatever it was. Yeah. Um, so I've been on and I've had a look, and I have to say, um, Dreams is one of my favourite songs. Yeah. The cause, the cause version, I love that version. And um, it's been done by other people as well. But I thought Olivia Dean was really good. Yeah. So I, I look after Olivia, do a little bit of management and stuff with her. Um, She's incredible, yeah. Amazing voice, great songwriter. She's out working in the Maldives at the moment, singing. Oh, she's one of the few musicians that's actually working at the moment, to be fair to the girl. And she's, only, she's only just turned professional. Yeah. Um, but yeah, she managed to land a contract yeah. on a luxury island hotel complex yeah. out in the Maldives for three months. So yeah, she's out there working at the moment. If X Factor comes back, don't let her go on it. No, no it'll spoil her. Yeah, we've had, we've had that conversation. There's, a, there's oh, another yes. really good one with Olivia doing a duet on on the on our YouTube page. Actually, it's nice. a cover of a Taylor Swift and Bonnie Ver song, "Exile," with her and Matt Fries. That's worth watching. That's probably where we were heading as we, before we went into lockdown. We, we were trying to do more of that kind of style. Um, yeah. We've been quite limited what we can do with lockdown. We've yeah. we've. Yeah. How have you no. found lockdown on a on a personal kind of level in the business? How have you found it? Like on a personal level, like, I caught COVID right at the beginning of lock, the the first lockdown. So oh, I had right. four weeks where I was incredibly ill. Um which was awful and also blessing disguise because when we couldn't go anywhere and do anything, I physically couldn't go anywhere and do anything because I was incredibly sick. I just mm. about managed to stay out of being admitted to admitted to hospital. Um since then, I, I obviously I wasn't well. Um, I took furlough from the day job, which was amazing, actually. Um, allowed me to just do a bit more with Cottonopolis and, and kind of get that set up so it kind of runs without me needing to be involved too much unless I, I, I want to be, like, doing filming and that kind of thing. So I managed to get all that set up and did a lot of cycling, which was mostly about recovery because I got pneumonia as part of, like, getting COVID, wow. so... Uh, but it, it, it got to a point where I got into a real flow. It's a bit like being on a sum, on summer holidays at school because I'd kind of get up in the morning, have some cereal, <laughs> watch a bit of TV, go for a bike ride with my friend. <laughs> it was like, it was amazing. I had a great time and then obviously got, got back into work um, a couple of months into it. But I think the thing that I struggle with is I, I was very much used to going out, scouting artists, watching music, going to gigs, being social. I'm an incredibly social person. Sorry. Dropping my phone again. <laughs> turn the uh, turn that round. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So it's just just kind of not seeing people's a bit of a weird one for me. Yeah. Uh, same here. I haven't seen my family since November last year. So yeah, it's it's not it's helps. not great. I think that the government have done a terrible job. Really. Yeah. It was obvious what needed to happen. Anybody with any knowledge of infection control. Um, would have told you with something like that, the sooner and stricter you lock things down, the better. We should have shut the borders. I mean, there were four flights a day coming into Manchester Airport alone from Lahore. Like, how does that happen when you, when all the shops and restaurants and bars are shut? Why, why are international flights being allowed to come into the country? Yeah. Um, and then people would land and they were told to go and isolate, but then they've got to go through on the tram and on the train and like travel through a city centre to get to where they're going and yeah. how many other people and then and then they wonder why this is still going on and, and granted it was going to happen 
worldwide it's difficult to control when he did the vaccine but we could have had things operating internally had we done what New Zealand did and just close the bloody borders down and leave yes. them closed until such time that you can open things up again but we could have at least opened up internally and opened the shops and the bars and okay people couldn't go on holiday and nobody could come here yeah. or if they did that's where you put all the hotels at the airports as a quarantine zone so you land at the airport you immediately go into one of the hotels that are like a quarantine hot zone you're tested daily while you're there and you don't leave that hotel quarantine zone until 14 days or whatever the time that's determined to be that you're no longer a risk that would have been the only way of traveling but that's a damn sight better than the situation we've got now and the number of businesses that are going under you know all that sounds sensible all that sounds like you know good good advice so we'll see what the um the government do next the the, the biggest thing i miss is i, I love entertaining i love doing dinner parties yeah, so, same, cooking, yeah. In, cooking into food cooking for different cultures absolutely love it um so you used to do me like every, every week every other week so that's the big thing i've, I've missed i'm looking to looking yeah. to get back to that so. I'm, I'm 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 the same loving people around i love doing my little brunch club getting people around on a saturday at midday and making some like pancakes and yeah. <laughs> bits and pieces but yeah but it's got... uh, hopefully things will start going back to normal but yeah it's a sh it's a yeah. shame it's been so badly managed yeah it's sad. it's sad. i mean we've got um you know lucky i live in a good, a good house with good people we're a house of seven now and quite a multi-ethnic household so we've been able to you know eat different things so you know mm. come come for a meal after lockdown you get to meet my weird housemates sounds um, nice Indonesian, <laughs> sort of Indian, you know, Chilean kind of brilliant. Movie, you know, yeah, so you know, I'll love experiencing different cuisine. I'll be up for that definitely. Absolutely, absolutely. But yeah, um, it's been great talking to you. You too. Like thirteen years, you know, you've done you've done some amazing things. But you know, you came through the apprentice experience, same. Um, but yeah, you, you, you're doing all right. So it's been it's been, it's been great. So nice one. Well, Thanks for inviting me on. Appreciate yeah. it. Bid you adieu. Have a good night. Nice one. See you later.